<laughs> when did required banter goes here? Appear that happened when it was it was just too soon between recordings, and I just didn't really have anything for this episode. So, like, my hope would be that we would just roll into some conversation, um, because mm. I don't, I don't really have any. I didn't really have anything for this one. It's fine. It's just funny. <laughs> required banter. I don't know how I did this. Oh, we did this show every week. I don't. Know I don't how either. That was a thing. Yeah. I mean, I love doing this show. Don't get me wrong, but how did we do? What did we talk about for like forty? I don't episodes? know how, how like to come up with enough stuff to do this weekly. It's, it seems wild to me. But uh, to be honest, that was why it went to not weekly anymore because we ran out of things. So, just in case this makes the show, you and I last spoke Friday, the tenth of November, and we are recording this the fourteenth of November, which is yes, probably on the top five or or at worst ten what's the words I'm looking for? Like not most frequent, but like smallest duration or smallest gap between recordings. So it's, yeah. I feel like I talked to you yesterday. And also like that amount of time is just good for nothing. Like it's too <laughs> close and too far. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it's kind of, it's just, it's not really, it's not really a good time frame for either, to be honest. Yeah. But yeah, it's because I'm traveling again, which we'll get to, I guess in a little bit. Indeed. But, uh, Part of the problem, we're recording this like significantly earlier than we will release it as well, which is uh, another, uh, just like a whole other thing. But it reminds me, you know, I, I think about this show and I think about some of the things that I talk about. And then I think to myself that I feel sorry for some of our listeners who listen to any other show that I do, because I think of every show that I do, this show bleeds in and out of it the most because analog is just to us talking about what's going on in our lives right and the number one thing in my life right now is crippling rsi just oh no it's so bad right now casey and i'm just so grumpy and sad um it's it's killing me it's it, and and now so i just want everybody to know right now that i'm grumpy uh due to some bad rsi problems i'm having um at the moment Maybe it's all that uh, Mario Odyssey that's doing it. Uh, probably. Could be that. Um, so, okay. So my current theory is it is a trifecta of problems. Uh, it is a change in the weather because that does do it. it when uh, If I cast my mind back to my, to my – my memory tells me that when we get into the winter season, um, my RSI flares up a little bit. But this is probably the worst that it's ever been because I think for two other reasons. One is I've been playing too much Stardew Valley on the Switch and Super Mario Odyssey. And there's a new iPhone with new gestures and a different size screen and stuff. And I think a combination of all of this stuff, like, so I think I started to get wrist pain and then tried to ignore it. And that's never a good idea. I don't know why <laughs> I did that. Um, and now, now I'm in a situation where it is almost excruciating to even hold an iphone like just to oh, hold no. it at, at points in the day yeah it's it's really bad it's really really bad right now Oy. so what's the plan wear a wrist brace when when it's socially convenient to do so i have one on right now i, I kind of go in and out of it i'm uh taking antihistamine no antihistamine anti-inflammatories mm -hmm. and uh using an anti-inflammatory gel and 
luckily, in a way, I guess I'm about to go on a vacation, so I will be spending way less time doing computery things, right? Which is my worst trigger for this stuff, I guess. Um, and I'll be going to a warmer climate. So my my hope will be that a little bit of rest from regular activities, mostly, uh, will will help me out mm-hmm. because uh, I'll be able to reset because it's time once it hits me i make adjustments but you've got to wait the time like i can make the adjustments like i've been using my iphone way less i haven't played nintendo um for like the last three or four days at all uh and yes but it's just a case of just waiting it out at least that's how i found it is for me like making small adjustments uh and then waiting it out yeah it makes sense but god does that stink so where are you, where are you going las vegas viva las vegas what's the occasion um it was Adina's 30th birthday a couple of weeks ago. It's my 30th birthday early next year, so we decided to go to Las Vegas in the middle of it all. Hmm. So that's what we're doing. Oh, well, that'll be so, fun. Yeah we're, yeah, we're really looking forward to it. Like, I've been before, uh, I went like maybe like six or seven years ago, um, and Adina's never been, and she was like, I don't know about this Vegas thing. But I think I've been able to convince her. I think she's going to have a great time. We're keeping the whole trip very open. Like, I'm kind of just going to take things how it comes. The only thing that we have said that we know we're going to do um, is the roller coaster on top of New York, New York. That's incredible. <laughs> I love New York, New York. It's such a ridiculous yep. tourist trap, like the, 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 the casino is. It's so. They all are, it, well, it's fair. It's so absurd, though. Like, it's so clearly and obviously a synthetic fake version of New York. And yet, at the same time, I love it so much yeah i mean you know i said to her like we're gonna do like the strip you know we're down the strip going to all the hotels look at the wall you know like mm-hmm. this is what of like this is what uh a venetian hotel will look like this yeah, yeah. is a pirate ship here are some lions you know like i stayed in the luxor previously um and this time we're staying in one of the nicer hotels right like the luxor is a lovely hotel but i think it's on the low end like mm-hmm. price wise mm-hmm. Um, which was why I did that. We didn't have a lot of money then, um, but yeah, to, to I don't you know I don't want to get all Gary, the privacy concern clown, all mm. up in here. But we're in a uh, we're in a, a nicer kind of more fancy hotel this time. Fair enough. But the thing is, though, fancy hotels in Las Vegas compared to hotels that I pay for for other things in other cities, so cheap. Like, they, you know, that's a funny thing, so right? Cheap. Because they're, they're really not cheap. But the problem is, is that you and I tend to travel, you more than me, but both of us tend to travel to these comically, hilariously, absurdly overpriced places, usually California, occasionally New York, like just hilariously yep. overpriced. I mean, Compared uh, to New York, like Las Vegas, it's, no, it's nothing. Yeah. It's just nothing. Yeah. Well, last um, last so. week I was on a work trip to Oakland, California, which is a... Uh, I guess northeast of San Francisco, I think. I don't even know. It doesn't matter. It's all just the Bay Area. And blah. But anyway, um, I was on this work trip, and this was the same week as Dreamforce, which is the big Salesforce conference, which is like literally 10 times the size of WWDC. And I had heard rumblings of uh, like from Lyft drivers or from other people in town that people were paying over $1,000 a night for like not terribly remarkable hotels in San Francisco, over a thousand dollars a night. That's ridiculous. Like there is not a place on the planet that I think is worth a thousand dollars a night for a hotel room. It's wait, just wait, insane. one thousand a night. 
Yeah, I, I could swear that's what I'd, what I was told. What kind of hotel is it? Now, I'm saying like regular, like the Park 55, for example. I'm not saying it was. Oh. I'm not saying it was literally the Park 55, but I'm saying it was like not a remarkable hotel. But because there's so many people that swoop into San Francisco and so little availability, and like Oakland is a solid 45 minute drive from San Francisco, and supposedly some of the people in my hotel were going to Dreamforce in San Francisco proper. What in is Moscone. Dreamforce? It's, what is it's, it? It's the Salesforce conference. So it's WWDC. Yeah, but what does that? What does that mean though? Is it like sales? Salesforce employees or like I think s- it's like people come to sell their forces. I, don't know. <laughs> I think it's like, it's like WWDC where all the employees come in and like all the users of Salesforce and developers uh, okay. like his Salesforce is kind of its own development platform in and of itself. So all the like yeah, me's of, of the world will come in, you know what I mean? And it's just, it's just preposterous. So anyway, so yeah, it's funny because I agree with you uh, that it isn't really that like last time I looked at Vegas, which was years ago, it was like between two and five hundred dollars a night for a pretty nice hotel. But I'm dropping like five hundred dollars a night for a meh hotel in San Jose or San Francisco. Like it's just oh my word! I'm looking at this this Dreamforce website. Like it looks like serious. It looks like a serious deal. Like it looks like it's like no joke. This is a real big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Big time. Like I know. I know. Salesforce is basically just like a money printing factory, but. <laughs> Like this is this this looks like it, just like a huge event. Yeah, from everything I gather, it is literally ten times the size of um, of WWDC. That's ridiculous. So anyway, so what are you looking forward to 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 doing in Vegas? <laughs> not 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 doing not really much of anything. That's a fair uh, answer. Lots of lots of good food, and I've decided that like so I don't drink very much, right? There's no specific reason for this. I just don't drink very much. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Are you drinking tonight? Yes, I am. Well, look at you it's now. Been, it's been a rough few days at work, so here I am. So I don't, I don't drink very much, um, either at home, and, and I don't go to, to like very frequently out to, to drink with friends. Like it's, I do, but not very frequently. But when I went to Vegas previously, I was... Uh, I, I enjoyed the um, the alcoholic slush machine type <laughs> yes. dealios that they have, yes, right? Yes. And, and, and you can basically get these not incredibly alcoholic, no. like mostly very, very watered down. Well, sugary. Um, sugary, slushy type things. And you get these cups that are just, from what I understand, I can't remember, they're basically just refillable and, and these machines are in basically every hotel. Like people serving with these machines so i've decided that for at least a couple of days uh of the trip maybe not like in a row um but i'm just basically just gonna be slightly drunk all day that's the way to do it is what i've decided oh vegas is Um, vegas is tremendous and and one of the things like i i kind of love hate vegas i more love than hate for sure but i've only been a couple of times once was with aaron uh she came after I had a conference there, this was a work conference and, and we lingered, well, she came and then I lingered for like, you know, the two of us lingered for like three or four days. Um, and then I went for my immediate younger brother's bachelor party. And I, I feel like, uh, the best way to go through Vegas is to be lightly drunk for as much time as possible. And one of the magical things about Vegas is 
if there is an open container law, which is to say if it is illegal to have an alcoholic beverage on just regular roadways, it is not enforced. So my understanding of London, jump in when you're ready, is that you can be a few paces away from a pub and have a beer or what have you, and it's okay. But if you start like walking down the street, that's a different issue. And yep. and in Vegas, you can go walking down the street between hotels, doesn't matter. Wee! It's all playground. Why not? And that is kind of magical for three to four days at a time. And then at the, on about the third or fourth day, most people I know, myself very much included, are tapped out and ready to move on. Yeah, we're doing best part of a week. That's aggressive. Um, yeah, but this is like lots of everyone that I know says that to me, but everybody that I know doesn't come from outside of the US, right? It's a 10 hour flight. Oh, yeah. You're not um, going for just a few days. It's You just don't, right? So we're just going to relax and just not do anything and not worry about having to do stuff and just, just take it as it comes and. I've been looking forward to this trip, and uh, I'm very, I'm, we're very excited, both of us. Are you doing any shows like um, what is it, Cirque du Soleil, or anything like that? We will, but we haven't booked anything. You absolutely should. And we went to the one shoot. I don't remember which one it was, but it was the water themed one, and it was uh, what was in. Uh, I can't remember the hotel. It doesn't matter. We went to the water themed one, and and it was the only Cirque du Soleil show I've ever been to, and it was freaking amazing the tickets were absurd it was like as much as a night in a hotel at the at, the, at vegas it was like 150 a ticket or something like that but it was absolutely worth it it was one of the cooler things i've ever seen and uh, penn and teller are there right oh, now. oh that's true mm, i've never seen them but i've heard yeah. nothing but good i've always wanted to see them so oh that'll be awesome you know vegas is so good you know the best the best this is really weird the best quesadilla i've ever had in my life which is an odd thing to be enthusiastic about i'll be the first to tell you um but the best quesadilla i've ever had in my life was an appetizer i think at mesa grill which is bobby flay's restaurant uh it's in one of the casinos i don't recall which one um but there was at the time i don't know if this is still the case at the time it, there was an appetizer um at the one in uh where is it it doesn't matter oh in caesar's palace there you go and there was an appetizer that was some sort of like black bean uh quesadilla thing and holy monkey it i didn't think that i could be that emotional about a quesadilla but oh man was it good i mean i do love quesadillas oh was it good and i, I you'll have to look and see if it's still there um because it was actually what aaron had ordered when we went together um and my word it looks like it's a dinner appetizer uh smoked chicken and black bean quesadilla avocado and toasted garlic cream was it creme fraiche is that how you pronounce it whatever if that's the same thing and i don't know that it was but if it's the same thing holy poop it was tremendous it was so freaking good mike oh my god it was good anyway you should check it out there's so much good food there i mean you can't really go wrong you know yeah, and that's one of the other things is we're looking out for the looking forward to the food. We're going to do one of the buffets one day. You know, I've never done that, and I've heard very, very mixed. I'm really anxious to hear your your thoughts on that because I've heard people say it's totally overpriced and meh, and I've heard people say, "Holy cow, how can you go to Vegas and not go to a buffet?" And I don't know which one is true. Oh, Here it so is, right? This what is it the which which one is it the is it the cremini mushroom no quesadilla? no 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 I, it's on the dinner menu the smoked chicken and black bean quesadilla I, I think oh i have a picture which uh, if i remember we'll put in the show notes but I, if nothing else i'll send to you 
And uh, this is a picture that Erin took when we were there. And like I said, she was the one that ordered it. So you can see it in the picture. Um, and I will, I will put it in our super secret uh, iMessage channel uh, just for you. And then if we remember, we can just put it in the, uh, put it in the show notes. But anyway, suffice to say, it was really friggin' good. And again, such a weird thing to be emotional about. Also, I had like two or three martinis at that dinner because, you know, hashtag Vegas. And the first one was one of the best martinis I've ever had in my life. And I am somewhat snooty about martinis. But, oh, man, was it good. There's the Casey's deer. <laughs> I see what you did there. I reckon it is that one, right? Because you've got avocado and toasted garlic creme fr- that does sound incredible i'm saying like i, I mean now that i've it, this is a, another john scenario right like after talking it up this much it's probably not as great as i'm making it out to be but holy crap it was good <laughs> man was it good oh uh, well all right well enjoy your trip I'm, I'm excited for you so you're going direct from like heathrow or something to vegas uh yeah yeah it's a long flight but that's the way to do it Yes, we're, we're doing a connecting flight on the way home, but it's through LA, so it's one hour and then whatever. Oh, so you're going the price <laughs> difference was huge. You're going so. further away to go, going west to go east. That sounds fun. Yeah, weirdly enough. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, that that sounds super exciting. Uh, let me know when you're there, and I will meet you. Except not really, because I can't. But I'd love to. So next time you go, next time you turn thirty, the two of you, let me know, and I'll, I'll meet you there. Well, there's my thirty still to come, so you never know. We might oh. we might love it so much that we decide to go back just just yet three months later or something. <laughs> you let me know. I'm sure leaving Aaron at home with like a three week old won't be a problem, and a toddler, no less. Nah, no problem. All right. So, what else is awesome? Linode. They have fast and powerful hosting options that you can get set up in seconds. Linode have the tools that are easy to understand that let you choose your resources and Linux distro, giving you the power and flexibility that you need to get a virtual server set up in just moments. Their plans start at just $5 a month for a Linux server with one gigabyte of RAM in the Linode cloud. Linode have industry-leading performance with native SSD storage, access to a 200 gigabit network, Intel E5 processors, which are the fastest processors in the cloud market, nine data centers spread across the world, which means that you can serve your customers quickly, an API that allows you to easily automate tasks or develop custom applications in the cloud. Super simple scaling, allowing you to resize your servers in just a couple of clicks and everything. All of this incredible stuff is manageable via the command line. They have an absolute cornucopia of features for you and your virtual server needs. Learn how to guarantee 99.9% uptime for server availability. They believe that once your server is up, they keep it that way. They have fantastic pricing options available, as well as being able to get a gigabyte of RAM for just $5 a month now. You can go all the way up to 16 gigabytes of RAM for $60 a month. This is twice the amount that you'll find elsewhere. You can sign up today at linode.com slash analog. That's L-I-N-O-D-E dot com slash analog. You'll be supporting the show if you do so, but you'll also get $20 towards any Linode plan. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, there's nothing to lose. So go find out more at linode.com slash analog. Sign up and take advantage of that $20 credit or use the promo code analog2017 at checkout. Thanks so much to Linode for their support of this show. Excellent. So uh, tell me, I know we've just spoke, even though the listeners don't know this. Uh, I mean, it seems to the listeners like it's a normal they do now. Time. They, they know now. Yeah, exactly. So since we just spoke, is there any wedding update at this time? No. All right. 
And uh, no particular baby update. We went to the OB this morning, and everything's proceeding as as expected. So no baby update. Well, at this time. as as has been my understanding over the last few weeks, that happens three times a day. What going to these these doctors' appointments? <laughs> it's not exactly the case, but it, <laughs> okay. it sure feels like it. I tell you. Um, I thought we would add a new section to the uh, to the show. A Casey's beard update. Still a thing. Why is why are you doing this? Like I don't understand. Like what well, I don't. I just don't understand you. Like, why do you ever grow it when you seem to like hate it so much? I don't understand why you even bother growing it in the first place. I, I like it as a every great once in a while uh, diversion, and I like it as something fun to do periodically. And then eventually, I get sick of it and and get rid of it. And my intention is, I'll probably keep this until late December when Sprig is really imminent. And then I, my intention is that I would like to meet Sprig with a clean face, which is funny because everyone, from everyone's understanding, infants can't see for like a month or something like that. Like it's nothing but blurs and, and maybe a little bit of light and that's it. But it will make me feel better for Sprig to meet me when I'm clean shaven or nearly clean shaven. So it's probably going to last until late December, but we'll see. I might just shave it off tomorrow. You never know. I just don't understand. I just don't get it. Should I FaceTime you if I shave it? No. No. Uh, no. Why? See, do you want that to backfire? Remember what happened last time? Remember how badly that backfired on you last time? Wait, why did it backfire? It was hilarious. Nobody what? liked it. Do you remember when oh, you shaved true. it off and then the internet rallied up against you? You thought you were being really funny that with your true. your little images that you posted on Twitter thinking of how funny and cool you were for for making me feel so sad. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember? And then I everybody ri- rose against you, telling you that one, you should keep it, and two, uh, that you were mean. And then Marco grew a beard. <laughs> yeah, Marco took remember? up for me. Indeed. That was that was the the chain of events. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, beard update still a thing. No one wanted this update. <laughs> the only beard update that I ever want to hear is I've changed. I changed my mind, and I'm keeping it forever because it's the best. It's, I don't know if it's the best. It's not, it's actually, I'm, I've grown to, to, I don't know if I'll say like it, but I've grown to not actively dislike it near as much as I used to. Even the last time I grew it, I kind of actively disliked it. I don't remember why I even grew it. I don't remember why I stuck with it either. I feel like there was a, there was a reason, but I don't recall what it was. But, um, in any case, wasn't it just your holiday beard? Maybe, but it wasn't. No, it was warm out when I had it because I took pictures. Like, where's Instagram? I took pictures when it was warm and I had like a polo shirt on. So I don't remember. Don't you always wear polo shirts, though? No. Oh, if it's cold weather, I'll wear a button-down shirt. I see what you're doing there, you big jerk. But uh, no, <laughs> no, I don't. I do. I pretty much always do wear collared shirts, but I I don't mm-hmm. always wear. Oh no, it was February, huh? I guess it was a warm day in February then. Do you ever wear a tie? Uh, not unless it's like socially compulsory. It, you know what I mean? Like I would never just, I would never just choose to wear a tie. I like socially compulsory as a as a phrase. There's something about that that I kind of enjoy. Yeah. See, every once in a while I come up with something good. <laughs> I'm looking at this post on Instagram. Uh, this is a so I posted it a few days I guess after it, after it was taken. And so the first com- or the first comment, Stephen M. Hackett, beard is looking good, or was before you murdered it. See, I, I guess this, I guess this it, outrage, it followed you around for a while. People were mad at you. Seems so. Oh, my word. That's funny. Anyway, uh, I thought I'd do a video update in part to um, 
to shame me into actually finishing it. Uh, I have sifted through pretty much all of the footage in ways that infuriates people that actually know how to use Final Cut. Um, I've sifted through all of it. I feel like I, at this point, have all of the puzzle pieces, and now it's just a matter of fitting those puzzle pieces together. And unfortunately, that's a very... That's a very big ask because I don't have an overabundance of time to do that, but I am trying to carve out time here and there in order to start actually putting this video together. And I'm feeling okay about it. I I definitely wish I had, like in retrospect, I almost wish I took a day or two off work, like one day to plan out, like not literally frame by frame, but basically frame by frame. Like these are all the things I want to do and say, and then one day to actually film it all. But that being said, I, I feel like I have enough footage to make something decent out of it. And I was smart enough to record a lot of in-car footage that isn't very remarkable. So I feel like I can t- I, I have enough like background footage, if you will, like not literally background, but figuratively speaking, background footage that I can kind of just record a voiceover for a minute or two and just have footage of the car. But it's not terribly interesting footage, so you'll concentrate on what I'm listening to. Did that make any darn sense? B-roll. Is that what that's called? I don't even know. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. B-roll. I have tons of B-roll. Right, so it's like when you have clips that you can play just for something to look at yeah, whilst yeah, you're yeah. focusing on something else. Exactly, exactly. Yep, yeah, we're saying the same thing. Uh, and I'd also like to say that a handful of people have reached out and actually mailed me some leftover equipment, which is not like the newest and greatest and best thing in the world, but it's a heck of a lot better than what I've got. So uh, a friend of the show, Dan Provost of Studio Neat, uh, sent me a, a lavalier mic, uh, which I haven't tried yet, but is is going to be way better, I'm quite confident, than, than the approach I took for this video. Um, and then... Uh, a uh, gentleman on Twitter, uh, Brian K, actually had a leftover uh, GoPro of the same vintage as the one I borrowed from work, which is not terribly new, but it is new enough to be like 1080 at 60 frames per second. You know what I mean? Like new enough for sure. And and he sent me the GoPro, uh, uh, one of the screens for it, because the GoPro by itself doesn't have like any sort of quote unquote viewfinder um, and like a whole bunch of cases for it, which was super nice of him. So uh, so thank you, Brian K. as well. Um, I really appreciate it. And, and thank you to Dan. So hopefully if there is a next video, which is the intention, uh, the equipment will be a little bit better. So we'll see. You have to finish the first one. Oh, I know. I first. know. Yeah, I, I haven't on to the second one. Totally. I haven't solicited any of this equipment, but people were nice enough to reach out and offer some stuff that they weren't using anymore, which is really nice. So I appreciate it. You need to like, I think at a certain point, even if you just keep it to yourself, like set a deadline. You're probably right. The, 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 I agree. The problem is I just, I, I need the time to do it. And I know that sounds like whiny and maybe it is, but if you think about it, my life is either at work or playing with Declan or spending an hour or two with Aaron before bed. And that's it. That's, mm-hmm. a, my, that's my entire life. And I'm not complaining about that. I hope that doesn't sound like a complaint. It's just that that is literally all of my day. I wake up at uh, between 5 and 6. I'm sorry, between, well, 5.45 and 6.45. I maybe go for a run. I get ready for work. I go to work. I come home. We eat dinner. I play with Declan, put him to bed, spend literally two-ish hours with Aaron, and then I go to bed and I repeat. 
And so it's just hard to find the time. And the, the moral uh-huh. of the story is then if you really want to do this, Casey, then just buck up and do it. Like just find the time, make the time. But gosh, is it hard to find it? I mean, you know this better than anyone because you've juggled 18 All things All creative projects require sacrifice. Yeah, and that's and that's the problem. I think sleep sleep is probably going to be what ends up being sacrificed. Usually I find that whilst this might not necessarily be the healthiest, sleep is the easiest. Yeah, oh, definitely. Because so I, you can the only person you affect in theory with the sleep is yourself. Exactly right. So then you can turn to coffee and then the whole situation is taken care of. No. You have a beard, you have coffee, you're no. making YouTube videos, no. you're a new person. <laughs> if you get me into coffee then KC three point Oh God. If you get me into coffee then then at this point that that will be the time that the show ends because we're basically it's it's yeah. one person just, talking just to himself. No, you just pack it up. I stun. I my my long con is complete. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, it would just be you talking to yourself, even though there would be this another would show be another has person. been bankrolled by big coffee the whole time. <laughs> Good God. All right. So since we've spoken very, very recently, we don't have a whole lot of, of new content, no. but we do have a fair bit of Relay Your Feels that not by intention, but by circumstance, we've been putting off for quite a long time. So do you want to kind of run through this for me? Yes, I would also at this point like to ask people to send in their hashtag relay or feels questions for us to address on future episodes. We do still plan to do them. There's just been when we have a lot of other stuff going on, I save them for days like today where we don't have a lot of bigger things to talk about. So send in your hashtag relay your feels questions on Twitter. You can now fit 280 characters into oh, your that's questions. True. Um, so you can you can ask even more than before. Uh, we'll start off today with a question from Bahij, and Bahij asks, you both wear glasses. Have you ever considered laser corrective surgery? It was life-changing for me. So I'm starting. Uh, for me, I actually don't wear glasses anymore. I did for a few years. Uh, I wear, and I think we've talked about this at some point, I wear hard contact lenses. I wear rigid gas permeable contact lenses, which are not disposable. I get one pair, uh, and they last me a year, and then I, then I get a new pair. And the reason I have these glasses is, is because I have a weird uh, condition called keratoconus, and we'll put a link in the show notes. And in summary, what that the problem with that is, or the the, the symptom of that is that my uh, corneas get pointy, which is really weird, but that's actually what happens. And so, over time, my my eyes figuratively speaking, well, I guess kind of literally, end up shaped like footballs. And when I say football, I mean American football. And and that means it the only way to really make me able to see is to put a normal round lens in front of my pointy eyeballs. Now, if you were to look at me and you were to look at my eyes in person, you would never know it. Like they're not they're they're not uh, triangles. Right, exactly. I can't think of a better way to describe <laughs> it. But I, my understanding is there are extremely aggressive cases of keratoconus where they are basically triangles. Like if you look at Wikipedia, which is just probably the link we'll put in the show notes. Last I looked, the sample image for this was disturbingly uh, like triangle. Triangle. All right. Well, I'm straight up just not going to click that link then. Uh, right? No, I'm looking now, and it's. I mean, this one is worse than you would think. But so not, I can not see there is an eyeball on this page. I am not looking at it. I won't look at it other than just like seeing it out of the corner of my eyes to know that it is in an eyeball. Uh, there is an eyeball. I don't want to see the shape of it. It's, it's don't not, want to. It's actually not that bad. There was one that they had like a okay. side view that was much, much, much worse. This was yeah, I guess, that a sounds, prior version. Sounds, that sounds tough. 
Anyway, all of this is to say that the only surgical options that I have in front of me are doing a corneal uh, transplant from a dead person or um, this thing called cross-linking, which would slow the progression of the disorder, disease, whatever this is, but wouldn't repair it. And in order to do cross-linking, I would need to be without contacts for a month in advance. And me without contacts is me being a vegetable because I basically cannot leave the house. I can barely see a computer screen. I certainly couldn't drive. And I do have eyeglasses, but they get me from I can't see anything to, oh, I can vaguely make out what these objects are. So in summary, that's many, 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 many words to say I have considered laser corrective surgery, but it is not an option for me. Well, okay. What about you? Um, well, I want to say, I mean, I don't know if this is the right thing. I'm sorry that your situation seems so <laughs> difficult. You know, day to day, it's actually not too bad. It stinks uh, when I'm up real late and I've had my contacts in for a long time. So like WWDC, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but you'll see me as the hours go on, just like pouring eye drops into my eyes because late in the day, it's it's very difficult to have my contacts in. But if I don't, I, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm useless. So what I do is I just drown my eyes in you know, synthetic tears and that gets me by until I go to bed. But other than, other than times like that, it's usually not too bad. So I appreciate it, but normally it's not too bothersome. I have uh, worn glasses for like nearly 10 years um, at this point, probably like eight. Or eight, eight or nine years maybe now I wore them for a, a short period of time when I was a kid then my eyes kind of corrected and they're correcting in the other way and they're still changing like my vision's actually gotten better in the last couple of years like my eyes are all weird they're super weird but I do need to have my vision corrected um, but I actually like wearing glasses oh, I did too um, I like the way that glasses make my face look um, so yeah, and I am a mega hipster, and right now I have clear glasses, Casey. My frames are clear. Oh, I, I have see. new glasses. Um, I've put a link to those in the in the show notes. Um, it's a pretty cool company. I like that these days there are a lot of hipster companies uh, that make uh, glasses, and they're super cheap because they're all made of like plastic, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can get, you know, I get, I've got like two pairs of glasses from this company. I'm going to get some more from another company soon. It's all online. Um, this company does the uh, home try-on thing too, right? Mm-hmm, like, which mm-hmm. is, they do this in Europe. And they don't have a huge selection of theirs for home try-on, but like I got to do that. I got to see them, what their frames look like. And I've wanted to have clear glasses for a while. And these are kind of, this color is called champagne. So it's like kind of like a goldy clear, like not completely clear. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love them. Um, I know that these would definitely not everybody's cup of tea. Uh, like, not even just a I wouldn't wear those, but like there are people that just don't like it. Um, but I really, really, really like these frames. So, um, I, yeah, I'm happy with them. And I have another pair from this company too. So I've got two from this company now. That's called Ace and Tate. Yeah, I feel like this is a new development since I last saw you because I don't remember. Oh, any- yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I've had these for like a month. No, excellent. So I should just say, yes, I am not interested in getting laser corrective surgery. And, and I don't foresee that being something that I will care too much about in my lifetime. 
So Colin would like to know, after Mike recommended Adventure Zone, I wondered if I should start listening to that or My Brother, My Brother, and Me first. Yeah, I just wanted to just throw this out again. It's just like another push for people to listen to the Adventure Zone because they started their second stuff and it's, you know, they're experimental, they're playing around a bit, but I'm still thoroughly enjoying it even though the main story, the first story is done, the one that I loved. Um, but they're, they're continuing on and the show is still very entertaining. So I would say that, like, the Adventure Zone gets really, really good um, as the first few episodes of season one go through because at first they're kind of just not really taking it seriously at all. So if you already are familiar with the McElroy humor, uh, it makes the beginning of the show easier to, to enjoy. So for that, for that purpose, um, it is beneficial to listen to my brother, my brother and me because you get their comedic styling a lot more. And it is the route that I took. I don't think it is a necessity if you know that, like, if you at first it's like this is too too many jokes and not enough story, like in for for the adventure zone, then uh, I recommend you just give it a little bit of time, give it the first few episodes, and the story starts to unfold and they take it a bit more seriously. But I recommend maybe maybe giving some my brother, my brother and me a try, and then and then kind of moving into the adventure zone. It's a, because they're both shows that are just excellent, and with Mabimbam, just pick it up anywhere. It doesn't matter. Um, you could just pick up any of them, um, and yeah, there there are there are there are obviously with any kind of any podcast, especially a comedy podcast, there are jokes that you're not going to get for a while, right? They're going to have in jokes that are going to go over your head for a bit. Um, but just, just give it a go whenever, um, and, and you'll enjoy it, I think. Uh, and then you can go into Adventure Zone and you, like many others, including Doug Beal in the chat room can understand why the Adventure Zone will make you cry. Like it make Doug cry. I hear from people almost on a daily basis now, um, who have enjoyed this, the Adventure Zone. Uh, and I think that everybody should listen to it or at least try it. One of these days, maybe I'll fit it in. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Casey asks, you know you're going to pass away tomorrow. What's your last supper? This was you. You asked this. I, I don't know why. I don't know why you asked this question. Neither do I. Um, but uh, it would be a pizza, probably. Hmm. But I, I haven't. I ha- I cannot decide from where I would get this pizza. It would probably be a New York <sighs> pizza, right? Why you do this? But I can't make my decision on the New York pizza yet until I've had more of those pizzas again. You've all, you've had the one you need to have. Look, the thing is, Casey, right? Honestly, it is probably, probably what I would choose. But I don't want to say that considering I've only eaten it once. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. I, I honestly don't know what I would do. There's so many different foods that I feel like I love equally. Um, a, a great slice of pizza is truly and utterly, utterly tremendous. Um, a good mac and cheese, and this is where everyone makes a Velveeta joke, but it would not be Velveeta. Um, a good mac and cheese is also really great. I really do love a great burger. Um, like a really, really good hamburger is is really awesome. Um and a good steak as well. A good steak is really, really great. So I don't, I don't know what I would, uh, what I would do. I asked this question mostly because I was curious about. Actually, come to think of it, you know what would be on the list? I don't know if it would win. What would, what would be on the list is a true, honest to goodness British fish and chips. 
because yeah but you see i I feel like you have to be specific right like it can't just be like i would like this type of food Mm -hmm. like you have to kind of i think you have to end up drilling it down to a place right so like mine would be pizza and it would be pizza from somewhere in new york but that is as far as i've gotten so far so the fish and chips that we had when we were there in 2010 (laughs) that that is like which is almost like a third character in this show i know it is uh, I am not saying that this is the best fish and chips in the world, but it was unbelievably good. Was the St. George's Tavern in, I believe it was Victoria in London. Is Victoria in London? Is that fair to say? Is that allowed? Yeah, of course. Okay. I mean, I, I, I'm not trying to be London funny. is an ever-growing city, it feels right. like to I, me. Just, I, I don't have a good feel for when I'm allowed to say London. And Victoria when is true London, though. Like, it is right in the center. So it looks to me, based on Google Street View... Uh, that this is on the corner of Oak oh, High Street, coincidentally, and Belgrave. We Road. don't do we don't do this. The corner of there is no the corner of. That's oh, that's not, not a, thing. a thing. It's not really because we don't have a grid system. We don't do uh, the corner of. It's just either on this street or on this street. That's it. So it looks like it's Belgrave Road. It is mm-hmm. very close, I believe. To that's the one Victoria. of my favorite things about Americans when they visit London. Mm-hmm. Like I, I met. John Syracuse for dinner when him and Tina came over for um, a trip a little while ago, and he was asking me what cor- like what what corner the street the, the what street corner the restaurant was on like what what was across the street. It's just like there it isn't like it's this number and it's this street like this is what you have. Fair enough. Well, and it looks like it's I don't know thousand yards not even from the victoria train station or rail station whatever you call it again i'm not trying to be funny i I really just don't know what the right vernacular is but anyway uh that is the best fish and chips i've ever had in my life that is not to your to your point about pizza it is not a universal sampling of all the fish and chips in london and i'm not saying that there is not better there very very likely is better but no there would be to me this was the best that would be. It's like, you know, I, I also, there was a pizza I had in Chicago that I really liked a lot, which was, um, I don't remember the exact name of it now. I, the, the place that I know I can get the name of it is just by going to DubaiFriday.com. <laughs> and where is it? Fancy Prince was the name of the episode. The, it was a tavern-style pizza from Barnaby's of Northbrook which was like Max's favorite pizza from when he was a kid. And it was incredible. Like it had like this short crust, like just butter short. It was really amazing. Um, so again, that's another one. I would want to try, basically I need to go on a pizza tour. I'm in. And then I can effectively answer this question. Let's do it. I mean, but I think it would be pizza. I, I think it would be pizza for me would, would be what I would choose just because I love it so much, right? And it's just like... You can eat like, as well. Like if I'm gonna, if this is gonna be my last meal, I want to eat too much of it. And pizza yeah. is a thing that you can do that to like very easily. Like you just get a large pizza and you're on your own, and then you've had too much. You know, I don't want to get just like because how much fish and chips can can one person like really ask for? You know, this <laughs> you don't get like oh I'll have a double fish and chips please. Like that's not a thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, you know what else would actually be on my list, which as a possibility, and I know I'm just talking about all my favorite foods at this point, but, um, there's a restaurant that was not too terribly far from, uh, the, the school I went to, uh, the university I went to, which the university I went to is called Virginia Tech. Uh, it's in Southwest Virginia. And there was a restaurant 
uh, about 40, 45 minutes drive from there called The Home Place. And the way this worked was you walk at the time, this is probably not the case now, but at the time you would walk in and they would ask you, do you want two meats or three meats? And I believe one of the meats was fried chicken, one of them was roast beef, and one of them was ham, but a country style ham. So very, very salty. And depending on whether you wanted two or three meats, the, the bill at the time in, in the early 2000s would be either, I think, $12 or $13. And at that point, everyone at the table sits down and they just start throwing, not literally, of course, but throwing plates at you and everything was family style. So there was no individual portions. They would just put platters on the table and you would take you know what you wanted off of that platter and then pass it to the next person. It is true to form, honest to goodness, Southern cooking that surely is just unbelievably terrible for you. I'm sure everything there is cooked in about 18 pounds of butter and 18 more pounds of bacon fat. But, oh, my goodness, it was delicious. Those are good. Oh, my gosh. I would absolutely consider this for my final meal. It would probably be this and fish and chips, actually, <laughs> to be honest, with a side of pizza and burgers. Oh, goodness. We got to move on. I could talk about this all day. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Pingdom. You can start monitoring your websites and service today at pingdom.com slash RelayFM. You'll get a 14-day free trial when you do, and if you enter the offer code ANALOG at checkout, you will get 30% off your first invoice. Pingdom is focused on making the web faster and more reliable for anyone and everyone who has a website. Whether you are a small company or a huge company, it doesn't matter. Your website can still go down. Pingdom detect around 13 million outages every single month. Things break on the internet all the time. But if you're a Pingdom user, monitoring the availability and performance of your server, database, or website will be a breeze because they use their more than 70 global test servers to emulate visits to your site, checking its availability as often as every minute. And when they detect anything, you will be the first to know. All you need to do is give Pingdom the URL that you want to monitor and they take care of the rest. When you detect an outage, you'll be immediately alerted via the methods that you have chosen and you can get things done and fix the error before the downtime will affect you. You don't want to be caught out when someone wants to access your site, so that's why you need Pingdom. Check it out today and you'll be the first to know when your site is down. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM for a 14-day free trial and use the code ANALOG at checkout and you will get a massive 30% off your first invoice. And thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and RelayFM. You know, that was a great question. Who is it that, that mm-hmm. wrote that in? Some some beardless person. <laughs> Not right Joe now. wants to know, Casey, what are you most excited about and most nervous about when it comes to having two children? Uh, first and foremost, which is not the question that was asked, is just seeing Sprague come out and be healthy and hopefully as happy as an infant can be. Um, but to more directly answer the question, um, I'm excited to see the interaction between Declan and Sprague, in both directions, of course, but particularly in the beginning, uh, watching Declan learn about and perhaps even like care for Sprague. Um, for Declan's birthday two weeks ago, three weeks ago, whenever it was, we got him a baby doll, you know, like a doll of an infant. And he has been 
obsessed with this thing, which is like the most adorable thing in the entire world. He carries it with him everywhere. Uh, he's always talking about the baby. He has a, a voice that he makes when it's the baby talking, so we can actually tell the difference uh, between the baby and him. I think I might have video of this, although I, I won't remember to put it in the show notes. But a true, just suffice to say, it is the most adorable thing in the entire world. And so I'm sure there's going to be a lot of strife when he realizes that he's not the only one that we pay attention to anymore. And I'm sure that's going to be tough, but I am very much looking forward to uh, seeing his interactions with Sprig and eventually of course, Sprig's interactions with him Uh, nervous about, I'm nervous about the labor process. I mean, obviously I'm just along for the ride, but you know, as, as routine as this tends to be this, these days, I'm nervous. I mean, it's, it's asking a lot of Aaron. Like, I mean, it's, if you really think it through, and I'm not, I'm not going to belabor the point, but if you really think it through, it is asking Aaron's body to do something that is, by most definitions, completely inhuman. You know, like obviously, yeah, it's it is like the most unnatural, natural thing a person yes, can do in like very a, well in like a weird way, like because it's you, you don't go through this in any other way, right? Like for one thing, on you know, around half of the world can. Um, and then, or, or even in a th- theoretical position too, and then it's like there is nothing that can prepare you for it, right? Yeah, it, it's it's this. It is like the one of the most natural things that a, a human body can do because it it's what we do, but uh, it almost feels unnatural in a strange yeah. way. Yeah, I completely agree, and I think that's a, a very good way to phrase it. So I'm. Um, I'm nervous. Although neither of us can really, really make too much of a comment on that. I do want to just state for the <laughs> record, true. like, I am very aware of the fact that neither me or Casey have at all uh, a sensible opinion when it comes to this type of thing. Totally. But, but yeah, you're absolutely right that it's the most natural, unnatural thing that you can, that a, that a woman can do. And, and so I'm scared. Like, I, I think she's scared, but I'm scared. And, um, and I, you know, I would, I, I don't want to, I don't like seeing her in pain. I don't want to see her in pain, but you know what? This is a painful freaking process. And, you know, she had an epidural for Declan and if all goes to plan, she'll have an epidural for Sprig, but that doesn't mean it's not painful before. It doesn't mean it's not painful after. I mean, this is asking her body to do something that is truly heroic and, and I'm nervous about that. But I think Joe's actual question was more about, you know, the, the, the children, God, it's mm-hmm. weird to say children and not child. But anyway, uh, and I'm nervous. You know, what if they hate each other? You know, like like uh, my my they um, will for and, a period of time. It will happen yeah, at some yeah. point. You know, these are two boys. You 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 have brothers, Is it right? Two boys? Like the, oh, I don't know why I said. Why did I say that? No, that's the that thing. Like, so interesting. We can leave this in the show because I I haven't told Mike because I don't know. Like it was just a it was a Freudian slip. But I, there was in, just something in my brain right then where yeah. I expected brothers. How interesting. It, it is interesting. Do you have a, a, a agenda that your brain gravitates towards? I think it's going to be a boy, but I don't know. Huh. Anyway, I would love either. To be, and I know it's so cliche. And, oh, I just want it to be healthy. But really, I just want it to be healthy. Like, whatever. I don't care. But if I were to wager a guess, I think it's going to be a boy. Early on in her pregnancy, early on in Aaron's pregnancy, I, was gonna, I would have said unequivocally it's a girl definitely a girl she was carrying different she was she just looked you know that different. that's not true right oh i know 
Oh, it's okay, a total cool. wives' tale. I am fully aware of that. But you know what? Everyone's allowed a superstition, and uh, or not a superstition, but you know what I mean. And uh, and and I thought it was a girl without question. And now, now I'm not so convinced. But um, but in any case, yeah, I, I well, I'm nervous that they're irrespective going to of whether it's a boy or a girl, siblings will always hate each other for a period of time. Totally, it might be earlier, it might be later, but it will happen. Yeah, and and that's like, fine. It is fine. And, you know, I, I'm the eldest of three boys, and both my immediate younger brother and myself were always fairly close with the youngest. But my immediate younger brother and I, I think we're actually fairly close now, but we were not close growing up. And I hope that that's not the case for, for Sprig and Declan. You know, I hope that um, I hope that they're as close as, you know, siblings can reasonably be expected to be. Um, and the other thing I'm very nervous for to kind of round this out is we don't really have any, any clear winners for names yet. And we're getting to the point that we really kind of need it. So, uh, now to be fair, when we, when we had Declan or when Aaron had Declan, uh, we didn't name him until he was out of her for like a couple of hours. We had narrowed it down at that point, but we didn't decide until he was here and I'm okay with that, but we haven't even really done a tremendous job of narrowing down yet. So, I'm nervous about that. We'll figure it out. I hope so. Uh, Benjamin wants to know, uh, I don't want to follow or hear about bad news all the time, but it helps me to understand fellow earthlings. Can you help? Um, I am this person. Uh, I don't follow or the news really very closely at all. Um, I haven't for many years now, just for general mental health reasons. Um, if this is the decision that you want to take in your life, understand that people will think that you're out of the loop and or stupid and or ignorant. Um, it's just it's just the way it's going to be because you can't make a conscious decision to not follow the news anymore, but also stay informed. Like that's not how this works. Like you have to choose one or the other. So. If you decide that you want to not follow news and current events for whatever reason, um, except that you're going to be out of the loop, you will definitely find out about the huge things, but you won't find out necessarily about the things that people were just talking about at dinner. You won't know about them. And that's typically like the minutia of politics, which you would know um, if you were following along on a daily basis or on almost daily basis, you'd know about this policy, that law, um, this speech, that argument. You would know about this stuff. Um, these are the types of things that anybody that follows the news, which is most people, if you don't know about them, they'll think that you've lost the plot. But that's just where you, you're just going to have to make the decision. If you don't want to follow the news, then you have to understand that people uh, will think this of you. Yeah, I try to pay some modicum of attention, but I don't pay near as much as most people I know. And yeah, it basically boils down to just not just accepting the fact that you're not always going to be 100 percent informed and being OK with it. It's just how it is. Yep. And uh, we'll finish up Relay of Fields today, Casey, with a question from Zach. Um, Zach wants to know, will you let uh, Sprig or Sprout, (laughs) 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 wow, it's all all the great names, listen to your old shows like this one? If so, what age? If not, why not? Uh, I I certainly wouldn't prevent them from doing it once they're... I don't know. I, I hadn't really thought about this before. I would say once they're teenagers, maybe. 
So not to say that I think that there's anything inappropriate that you and I or that, that the three of us on ATP have discussed, but I just don't think that until they're roughly teenagers, will they really have any particular understanding of what it was we were talking about. Um, but I think I've talked about on the show in the past that something I've thought about is that I don't really know or understand what my parents were like as, as kids. And by kids, I mean anytime pre-Casey, right? Um, including when they were like 20 plus years old. And I've seen some photographs of them as quote unquote kids, but I, I, I've never, I don't have a good feel for what they were like as kids. I've heard stories, so I've got an impression of what they were like as kids, but I don't really know what they were like as kids. And what's interesting for Declan and for Sprig is that if they want to, they can hear me in my own words talking about my life from as early as, what was it, January of 2013 that Neutral started? Now, granted, that was all about cars and very little about me, but that's me, right? That's me a year and almost two years pre-Declan. And certainly this show started, what was it, a couple of months before Declan? Was it 2013 or 2014 that we we started this one? Um, 14. Okay, right. So it was a few months before Declan. So it was known that we were pregnant at that point or Aaron was pregnant at that point, but, you know, I was not a dad at that point by my definition anyway. And so Declan or Sprague could hear my thoughts and my transition from being, you know, just a husband to a husband and a father. And, and I think that's really cool. Now, will they bother? Who knows? But I think it's cool that it's a possibility. And that's something that not a, not a lot of people can have, you know, children of actors and actresses, maybe musicians, you know, and, and truly famous people, I think they get this benefit, but children of, I don't want to call myself famous, but like children of creators, I guess is the best way I can phrase it. They're also going to get this benefit. You know, your child or children, if you ever choose to have them and are ever lucky enough to have them, they'll be able to see your vlogs. Um, and they'll be able to hear your podcasts. And that's, that's something special that not a lot of people get. And I hope, I really hope they appreciate it. I also hope they appreciate the 8 billion of pictures I've taken of the two. Well, not Sprig, obviously, but certainly I've taken 8 billion pictures of Declan. And uh, I hope, I hope he appreciates those when he gets older. We'll see. Cause I mean, I, I don't have all of the pictures of me as a little kid, but my understanding is there's probably a thousand or less for my entire 18 years, probably my first 20 years. And there's easily a thousand of Declan in his three years on this planet. So hopefully he appreciates those. I don't know. What do you, what do you think? I know you're, you're not a parent, but what do you think about this? I mean, this is, this is potentially applicable to you as well. So I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, would you really want to hear your parents talk about this stuff? I don't like, know. Really? Like, would you, would you care about that? Or would you, would you want to listen to it in, and like because you like would you want to listen to it without the fear of just embarrassment i think that as an adult of my age i would probably want to listen to one or two just to hear what it was like to hear mom or dad as kids but i think when it would become really interesting is is whenever my parents passed away you know so i could hear and let's say it was my dad that was doing it since I'm a guy and I'm the one who's doing it. You know, it would be interesting to hear 
dad talking about mom and dad talking about me and my brothers. And I think that Mm. that would be fascinating once he passes away. So like if I were to, God forbid, drop dead tomorrow, like I think that would be powerful for Declan to be able to have that attachment to me, even if it wasn't strictly speaking direct, you know what I mean? And so I think that's super cool. And I, I suspect that if I'm a good enough archivist to keep these files around, um, you know, once I do pass away, I suspect there will come a time that he will kind of peruse them over time and, and hear his dad, hopefully, you know, 50 years before he died, 50 years plus, but you never know, you know, so we'll see. I feel like maybe for me, like, I would only really want to listen to this sort of stuff if I had never met my parents. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, I I know who they are. Um, I I don't think that listening to something like this, like conversations with their friends, is really gonna like massively change what I think about them. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I might be like, oh, okay, this wasn't something that I knew, but it's not going to be like, I'm not going to be like shook to my core with a new fundamental sure. understanding of my parents, right? Or like anything that was massively different to what I believed, I probably wouldn't believe, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I should probably have a good sense of them by now, having known them all my life. But if I hadn't known them, then I might be interested to hear it because that would be a way for me to get to know them. Sure. But, like, I honestly... I can't imagine, like, not finding it a bit embarrassing (laughs) to listen to. Uh Honestly, like, because... I mean, I mean, your mileage may vary for your parents, but, like, I don't consider my parents, like, cool. Right? (laughs) In that way, um, and maybe it's because they're they're not like creative at heart people, right? So like it's just difficult for me to try and picture them doing something like this. Um, but I don't know. Like it just it just it, it isn't necessarily something that I would really want to listen to. So I don't know if I would necessarily think about keeping it for my children but i i don't think that i'm a good answer for this because i don't have kids so like that that part of my brain has not been turned on yet sure so do you keep an archive of all your released podcasts of course i don't you know i don't like i there is stuff that i have like actively removed from the internet like and i and i don't have copies of like my first like six seven podcasts like not episodes but like straight up like podcasts are mm-hmm. gone like i have deleted them and i do not have backups and that's by design because i don't i don't like that sort of stuff right that there are there are currently there are current running shows of mine including this one that go back far enough to a point that i'm now uncomfortable with like I don't like listening to me in 2014. I don't like how I sound. Um, I don't like the way my voice sounds. I don't think that the the audio quality is professional enough. I don't think that the editing is good enough. Like I honestly, I for that reason, I don't like that they're out there because I don't think that they're good enough representations of what I believe I do for a living. Um, so 
there is definitely nothing floating around from 2010 anymore. That's fascinating to me because to me, it's, it's almost, I, I, I don't mean this in the offensive way. I think it'll come across, but it's almost irresponsible to let that stuff go. Like this is part of you. Who cares? Who cares? <sighs> I understand. It just seems, it's like, just not my style, you know? I just I really like. I just don't understand why anybody cares about it. Like I really don't. Like I have the, all of the good stuff is mostly now, right? And then I have some in some archives. Like it's, it's the reason that like the Command Space Archive exists, which goes back to 2012, um, is because there is some of my best work in there. So I won't get rid of that because I genuinely believe that like in that interview show is some of the best episodes that i will ever make so i'll keep that around even though it's surrounded by stuff i don't like i'll keep it because there's a lot of good in there i think but a lot of like the the, my original it's just bad casey like they're just not they're just not good to listen to anymore right like not only were they weekly tech shows in a lot of instances but like let's take like ungenious right so ungenious is a show that me and steven do but it's the second time we've done it like we had a first Mm -hmm. season of the show and like we do not host that anywhere because we don't by and large we don't think that it's as good as we can make it which is why we rebooted the show because we liked the idea and we believed we could do it better and we have released a couple of those old episodes mostly to members i think but we've only released the ones that were the best of that and they're still nowhere near as good as what we do now <laughs> right i mean like i don't I don't necessarily, I don't, I re- especially like the idea of keeping these things active on the internet. Like, nobody needs it. And like, you might think you want it and that's fine, but like, you would only ever want to listen to these things for nostalgia. And it's like, I just don't, yeah. I, I, uh, I yeah, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't care about that kind of thing personally. But, yeah, and that's fine. I mean, I, and know. I don't. I can't remember the last time I've gone back to an old episode of something I've recorded and listened again, like for funsies. But it seems like I I would be deeply upset if I lost my archive of all of my episodes, and then on top of that, they disappeared from the internet. Like I would be deeply, deeply upset about it. I mean, in particular, yeah, because but it's different, right? Like, it doesn't work for me because I don't keep an archive, and I deleted it. So yeah, you know. I don't know. All I know is Command Space 61, Command Space 89, and Command Space 96 were pure masterpieces, and I don't know why anyone would ever want to listen well, to mostly, else. Mostly just middling to good episodes. Why, why you there, was, there was at least one of those that was really good, if memory serves, but I wouldn't be able to tell you which one it was. Yeah, I don't remember either. Wait, what, which, wasn't Command Space the favorite album, too? No, that was all inquisitive. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. God, you have command me on... space ended with five by five. Oh, hmm. anyway, uh, well, it ends in July twenty fourteen, right? Well, my last one was May of twenty fourteen, so that makes no. Sense. But like, command space ended in July twenty fourteen. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Well, oh, and I see all these IRL talks on here. Man, that makes me sad. I miss that show so damn much. I really do. Mm-hmm. And Jason, for that matter. <sighs> All right, make me feel better. Let's talk about something awesome. This episode of Analog is also brought to you by App Optics. 
Application monitoring shouldn't break the bank. AppOptics is a next-gen application performance management system built specifically to help developers and DevOps teams trace distributed transactions through their complex environment. AppOptics includes broad APM language support with auto-instrumentation, simple and easy-to-use infrastructure monitoring, which is all built in, and it's all supported by a large open community. Their plans start at just $7.50 a month, and you can learn more at appoptics.com slash analog. That's A-P-P-O-P-T-I-C-S dot com slash analog. Our thanks to AppOptics for their support of this show. Okay, Firefly Viewing Club, episode 14, Objects in Space. This is Michael Hurley, the last episode of the Firefly television series. Yeah, for the first time, I considered asking you if we could put it off a week. Oh, but you didn't. No, I didn't. I watched it, but I didn't want to watch it. Why? Tell me why. Because it was the lo- it's the last one, right? Mm-hmm. So I just wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it, and so I was kind of like, uh, maybe we should just skip this one, but that isn't what happened. I did watch it. What did you think? It's one of my favorite episodes. Um, I don't know where to go from here. That is not at all what I expected you to say. Wow. Okay. Tell me more. It has the probably the most interesting villain um, that as it popped up in the show uh it shows character development to the point where like you could conceivably end the show like and you you will at least have understood growth of the characters like the relationship growth and stuff like that was good between um kaylee and simon um obviously river's character development in this episode is really strong um it's all kind of left up in the air for Mal and uh, uh, Inara, but I feel like I have a better sense. F- you know, I feel like I have basically a confirmation for for Book now, like Shepherd Book. Like he's not a shepherd. I don't know what he is, right? But that guy was what's the guy's name? Early, Jubal something? Early. Mm-hmm. He basically is just like he's not a shepherd. Yeah. Right, and it's just like okay. So, like, that, what's going on there, right? Like, there's still questions, but it's like, I don't know. Like, I feel like that... I don't know. I, I feel like that there was a lot of interesting stuff happening in this episode and a lot of good character moments. There were just the yeah, excellent dialogue, some just, just really, like, unsettling, upsetting scenes which were good for the drama um, and for establishing this person as, like, evil, like, the... I really like. I didn't like it, right? Like, I didn't like the conversation between him and Kaylee, right? When he has yeah, her trapped yeah, yeah. in the room, right? Like, it is unsettling and upsetting. But that's the point, right? It's the point of it. Um, it has one of my very favorite lines in the entire se- season. Do you know what? The, can you guess what the line would be? I don't know. I'm going to hate myself when you finally do tell me, but I don't know. So it's wash. Wash says, psychic, that sounds like something out of science fiction. <laughs> and then Zoe says, we live on a spaceship, dear. Yep. It's so good. So good. I did write that down. Where is that? Oh, there we go. Yeah. That sounds like something out of science fiction. You live on a spaceship, dear. <laughs> so good. I also liked, uh, I also liked, she wouldn't, this is about River, she wouldn't harm anyone. And then Jane in the background, butcher's knife. 
Well, anyone yeah, we can't spare. I enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, I like that. But yeah, yeah, because oh, like man. I guess one of the the episode begins right with like Kaylee telling everybody about because because Rivers something's going on with River like she's observing everybody she's kind of seeing things in them that they're not saying right like her psychic abilities uh, and then she ends up holding a gun uh, which she came across and then it ends up there being like a kind of like a team meeting uh, as it were like a family meeting mm-hmm. uh, and Kaylee talks about what happened many episodes prior right where she killed those three guys just right. like in the blink of an eye um so everybody gets concerned about her and then the bounty hunter has found his way to them because he's trying to get River for the bounty. And it just turns out that this bounty hunter is very, very good at his job. And then uh, I really loved, like, River's, River has melted away. You're talking to Serenity, like she becomes mm-hmm, the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a good, like, bait and switch for that, right? Like, I kind of worked it out, right, that she'd probably escaped and was in the other ship. Like, I, I don't know why, but, like, I kind of just... That that popped into my head as probably what was going on, um, and it was, but I really liked all of that. Um, w- one of the other things that I really liked about um, about Early was his dialogue. It was very strange. Oh, it was in like really a, like weird. A, like in I, wa- I want to know more about this person way, right? When, like, Simon says to him, are you lying? He's like, he says, am I a lion? It's like, are you lying? He's like, am I a lion? Yeah, and, like, yeah. there were just other little things like that where it was... Like he said one thing to him, and he just repeated it to him. It was there was just really strange, like, but it made the character so interesting because he was so like unsettling and weird. So, I yeah, I liked the character a lot, um, and I think that that helped my overall enjoyment of the episode because the villain, the villain was more fleshed out than the villains have tended to be on this show, in my opinion. Like, I, I felt more kind of drawn to this character as, like, hey, what are you? Like, who are you? What are you doing? Like, and also he seemed like the most credible threat as well. Mm-hmm. Um, disposed of in the funniest way. Like, just pushed off into space. Yep. Which I thought was kind of funny. Uh, I did at one point, like, I... I paused to write a note and realized that there was 11 minutes left and I was like, oh no. <laughs> They're going to do it again. They're going to do it again. I mean, and I was happy enough with the resolution to this episode, but like, yeah, it's everything is always summed up so conveniently in Firefly. That's um, true. I mean, they only have 40 is, some minutes to work with, but uh, your point but they is not don't, unfair. Though, but they don't, do they? Like, you can take 90 minutes if you just spread it out. Yeah, that's true. Right, like it, that is a thing that is possible to do. Many shows do it, especially when in that first season there are two returning villains, right? Mm-hmm. Like people return in the show, so like it, it continuity problems or no continuity problems. It was written to have people coming back, right? And for that, and also for like different stories to um, the storylines to meld across episodes. But it was never a resolution. The re- every episode is always resolved before the 45 minutes is up and that, that's been my main criticism of the show like it's been the thing that's frustrated me the most it's like they spend half an hour setting up a fantastic premise and then it just gets MacGuffined and taken yeah. and like just dealt with in, in like an incredibly short space of time and it's usually 
Mal has outsmarted everyone, or Mal is stronger than everyone, or Mal is faster than everyone, and it's just like, okay, like there are only so many times I could see that. Like even, and then it was even to the point where I felt like that they were kind of self-aware of it, right? Like we were talking about it in the last episode, like oh, there's only one person that can solve this, and you're like, oh, okay, it's going to be Mal, <laughs> but it wasn't Mal. But turns out it ended up being Mal in the end anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and it's so it's yeah, yeah. This episode I really dislike, and I think the reason I dislike it is because I did not buy into the villain at all, and I didn't feel like the actor was any good at what he did, and I just did not buy into it. And so we have very, very different opinions Mm -hmm. about this. And and I'm not trying to say I'm right and you're wrong by any means. All I'm saying is (laughs) fair. Uh, All I'm saying is it didn't work for me. And it's unfortunate because I agree with everything else you said, like the character development is great. The dialogue is great. I do agree in principle with what you're saying about the villain being interesting. I thought Niska was pretty well established, although it was briefer uh, or, it was, you know, it, was, it took a lot less time to establish Niska. But I think we understood Niska pretty well. But um, but, you know, what you were saying about it being a very awkward and weird villain, I agree with. I just, I didn't. I never really found Jubal early believable, and that took me out of this episode quite a bit. However, seeing River like cogent or or or, or coherent—I'm not sure what word I'm looking for. Apparently, they all start with C, but whatever word it is I'm looking for, seeing her as like an actual human being changes this entire TV series in my mind. Like this dramatically changes what I think about not only River, but about the whole crew. Because up until this point, unless I'm wrong, she's basically been either uh, not right in the head or effectively like a vegetable, right? Like if we haven't ever really seen her be coherent any other time, have we? Mm, not to my memory. Right. I mean, maybe there was. I'm not saying that, that that it literally has never happened, but effectively it's never happened. And uh, this is this changes River pretty dramatically in a way that's really, really interesting and enticing. And in a way that sets up for exploration in the movie. And I'm not going to tell you if they do or do that or, they, or if they don't, but it sets it up such such that it could be explored in the movie, right? And that, to me, is really, really fascinating. Well, naturally, it sets it up to be explored in future episodes, but more directly, since we know that's not the case, it sets it up to be explored in the movie. I am very keen to watch this movie because the poster speaks volumes seen the poster Mm -hmm. and i have expectations for the movie what are they um well i mean obviously i expect romantic relationships to reach a crescendo right simon and kaylee and anara mal Mm -hmm. i feel like that will happen but what i am expecting to see is like something that results in there being some kind of showdown with the feds. But, like, the poster of the movie is River in some kind of fighting pose 
with two huge swords, right? Mm. I've seen it before, yeah. so like I know the poster, and like when whenever I go to IMDb, it's there, right? So like, but like I honestly I don't really consider it too much of a spoiler for me personally because like it doesn't really say anything. Like uh, you know, I've seen her do many things, but like my expectation is that it results in her doing something interesting. Um, is everybody in the movie? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because like the the posters, on, there's only five sure. of them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, everyone's there. So yeah, I'm I'm very excited to watch the movie because I'm expecting to have everything kind of tied up in a neat little bow. Okay. I I I can't say yes or no. You know, like I I mm-hmm. I, I want to talk about you it. You know so what? I don't want you to. I know, I know. I I really want to talk about it, but I'm not going to because I don't want to ruin anything. Um, while I'm thinking of it, we are, I don't think we're done with this conversation quite yet, but while I'm thinking of it, um, I would expect that our next episode, and I think we said this last week as well, our next episode will most likely be entirely dedicated to Serenity. There, there yeah. we may we may touch on a couple things very briefly, but the overwhelming majority of the next episode will be about Serenity. So, if you have not seen Serenity, even if you even if you've missed, I don't know why you'd be listening to this if you've missed Firefly. But if you're hearing me say these words and you haven't been watching Firefly, I cannot recommend enough. Serenity actually stands on its own, and I saw Serenity before I saw a single episode of Firefly. I regret having seen it in that order. Yeah, but, but I did see it before having seen any of Firefly, and it worked. So I can't stress enough. Even even if you're listening to this having never seen a minute of Firefly in your life, and I don't know why you would, but if you have, uh, or, or if you are listening to this without seeing it, go ahead and watch Serenity. It's it's worth seeing, and I think you'll enjoy next week's conversation much more. That being said. Now that the series is over, granted, there's another two hours. So there's effectively what, like three episodes worth at at 40 minutes. There's like three episodes of time left. But knowing what you know today, good series, bad series, meh series. What do you think? It is really good. It makes me very happy Um, to hear that. I don't. I will say I don't know why it has achieved the nerd cult status that it has. I can understand that. I can understand that for sure. I feel like the way that a lot of people treat this season, this show, and I don't think you fall into this personally, uh, but people really overhype this as like one of the best shows ever made of all time. I do think like, that's it's true. It's really good. <laughs> it's really good science fiction. Like I enjoyed it. But like I don't I don't think that there's enough in this to call it like one of the greatest of all time. Like it's, it's just it's not right like it's not even one of the best just like single seasons of tv that i've ever seen right like well not say it's not one of the it's not the best it's very very good it's very very good i've enjoyed it a lot um but but i've seen a lot better Hmm. that's fair but you but it sounds like without question it was worth your time oh yeah and i'll probably watch it again Right, like I'll, this won't be the only time that I ever watch it. Like it's very much worth it. Like it has, it has maybe exceeded my expectations. Like I think my the amount of hype didn't actually make me think that it was going to be incredible. The amount of I actually believed that the hype was probably too much. Yeah, but so like the show has ended up. I've en- ended up enjoying this show more than I expected I would have. Um, 
but I I do think that maybe some of some of the praise is just a little bit too heavy. Um, for for what is ostensibly like a a, a strong, very very enjoyable show. Um, that like I reckon if it had been allowed to grow, probably would be considered one of the greatest science fiction shows of all time. Yeah, like like legit, but like it wasn't given all of the room that it needed. I I think I I take issue with a couple of things you said, but 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 you know what? In the grand scheme of things, I agree with you that I I think yeah, I think it is overhyped a bit. I do think that this is probably my second favorite TV show of all time. I will always and forever love the run of Top Gear that you know I won't stop talking about, and that will probably forever be my favorite TV show of all time. But this is probably my second favorite, and is it the best show on TV? Of course not, and and. And there are problems with it for sure. But to me, it was my first exposure to having a group of people that are very dissimilar from each other put in a situation where they all had to get together and conquer something and get past their differences in a way that I really appreciated. And and, and you could say that that's friends, you know, but I don't know. There was something about this that just clicked for me in a way that Friends or many many of the other shows I've really enjoyed. Like even even Breaking Bad, which I think by pretty much any measure is probably a better TV show than this one. I I would take Serenity over Breaking Bad, and and I've never seen The Wire. Well, I've seen the first season of The Wire, and I've never, I've never seen the rest of The Wire. And I know that everyone says that The Wire is the best TV show ever made. Blah 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 blah. But to me, I would absolutely take this over The Wire. But I think all I've done is now establish. I don't that think I have no The taste. Wire is the best TV show ever made. I really like The Wire a lot. Um, I would probably say like the, I go backwards and forwards on this a little bit every now and then. But I think The Sopranos is probably the best TV show ever made. I've never seen it, but I, I've heard similar as well. I, I absolutely love The Sopranos. Yeah, um, I, I should watch that. But anyway, so it sounds like it sounds like this was time well spent for you. And that in the end of the day. It's similar to John's, right? Like that's such a silly comparison, but I really mean it like similar to John's. I just wanted you to experience something I love and come out the other end and say, I can understand it. Whether or not you also loved it. I wanted you to say, I can understand it. And I feel like in both cases, you've you're saying to me, yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, I'm pleased. I'm very pleased that you convinced me. Because I don't know if I would have otherwise. Like I feel like I would have just stayed away from it forever because the hype was too strong. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm very pleased that you convinced me to watch this because I have really, really enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to, to capping it all off. Yeah, me too. I, I'm super excited for for you to watch Serenity. And and I can't tell you why because it'll give things away, but I am super, super excited for you to watch it and, and I'm really, really interested to hear your thoughts about it because I think it'll be I think it'll be fun for both of us.